Welcome in to another episode of the Grateful Gator Podcast. My name is Kevin Stegan. That song you just heard is called Haint Blue by the band Seminole Strut. Check them out on Spotify, and while you're there, search the Grateful Gator Podcast and follow us to get every podcast as soon as it drops. You can also find the podcast on Anchor, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about the wildcard weekend games, the national championship, and looking forward to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs that will kick off on Saturday afternoon. But before we do that, I need to apologize because our picks were terrible this week. We went 1-4. and four. Uh, The only game I got correct was the Colts against the Texans. Uh, everybody else I picked lost. So uh, let's dive right in and hope that this week uh, we're a little bit better than we were last week. I will quickly uh, recap the wildcard games, and then we'll move on to the divisional round uh, coming up this week. First game of the weekend was the Indianapolis Colts. They went on the road to Houston to beat the Texans 21-7. Andrew Luck continues his incredible comeback season. T.Y. Hilton had a huge game. Uh, that offensive line with Quentin Nelson dominated J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. Uh, head coach Frank Reich is pressing all the right buttons with this team. Uh, They drafted really well, both their first and second round picks. Uh, Both rookies this year both made the All-Pro team. First time that's happened in over 50 years. Uh, This was Deshaun Watson's first loss by more than one possession since high school. That's a crazy stat. Um, Unreal. He's been in every game. Uh, I mean, the guy is super competitive, keeps his team close. Um do this real quick. Google Romeo Cronell. He's the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. This dude looks like he's like 48 years old. Uh, he's 71 when they panned him during the game and said that he was 71. I had to do a double take. It's incredible. The guy looks uh, a lot younger than that. It's funny. Um, one final note from this game. Um, a lot of respect to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it came out earlier in the week. Uh, he's uh, He donated his full uh, $29,000 game check uh, to the family of Jasmine Barnes, a uh, young seven-year-old girl uh, who was killed in Houston uh, early last week in a drive-by shooting. Um, sad, unfortunate uh, series of events, um, but really uh, really says a lot about uh, the kind of person that DeAndre, Hopkin is, DeAndre Hopkins is. The, uh, the Texans... Uh, really seem to have a lot of good guys in that locker room between uh, Hopkins and then J.J. Watt uh, doing uh, so much for the city of Houston. Um, just uh, just good to see guys uh, using their influence in a, in a positive light. Next up, we had the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they took on the Seattle Seahawks, beat them 24-22. to uh, Vegas is really incredible with, uh, with how they predict some of these games. Cowboys were a two-point favorite. They end up winning by two. Uh, there was also a prop bet out for uh, the over-under uh, total passing yards for Russell Wilson. Uh, it was set at uh, 233.5 yards. He ends up throwing for 233 yards. Uh, just uh, two cool uh, stats there from Vegas. Um, Dak really made some big plays throughout this game. Uh, the throw to Michael Gallup at the end of the first half uh, to put the, the Cowboys on top going into halftime was huge. Uh, another huge 16-yard run on third and 14 uh, late in the game to set up a touchdown that put uh, Dallas up 24 to 14. 
Ezekiel Elliott, uh, that guy is just incredible. Uh, time after time, there looks like there's no space, there's nothing going on, uh, and he turns it into a positive play. He ends up going for 137 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I was really confused uh, this game with uh, Pete Carroll's uh, kind of stubbornness in his gameplay. Really didn't make a lot of sense. They were very, very predictable. Uh, every first and second down, they ran. Uh, they didn't break any of their tendencies. Uh, they really had a lot of opportunities down the field. Every time Russell Wilson threw the ball down the field, they were they were gashing the Cowboys. You've got the best deep ball thrower in the NFL right now, and I'm not really sure why uh, you don't really choose to, to use him. You've got Tyler Lockett, who's a weapon downfield, uh, super speedy guy. Um, was again taking advantage of the Cowboys uh, time after time, and until late in the fourth quarter, they really did not seem interested. They uh, and they didn't run the ball with really any any success either. Uh, they 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 were being plugged up every time, uh, and still, like I said, just kind of hitting your head against the wall time after time. I was really confused by that. Uh, it was almost like they were playing, uh, you know, with a hand behind their back trying to to prove, prove a point. Um, but the Cowboys get the win. Um, big win for Dak. Uh, I think, uh, Jerry Jones is ready to open up that checkbook and write a big old check to Dak, uh, in this off season. Uh, Dak proved that he can win a postseason game and, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Moving right along to the Sunday games. Uh, the Chargers came across the country to Baltimore, uh, beat the Ravens 23 to 17. A lot of people are going to dog Lamar Jackson for this game. Uh, but the Ravens offensive line and frankly, their game plan were both awful, uh, no time for Lamar to do anything. The Chargers played the Ravens just a couple weeks ago. They knew exactly how they uh, how the Ravens wanted to play. Um, L.A. countered beautifully. They took out all their linebackers. They put safeties in in the box. Uh, they countered that, that rushing attack, the speed that the Ravens have. Uh, they put in, like I said, safeties, dropped them down in the box to counter that. Uh, it worked out perfectly. Like I said, the, uh, the, the Chargers knew exactly what the Ravens wanted to do. And stopped it all day. A um, lot of debate on whether or not the Ravens should have gone to Joe Flacco there in the second half. I really don't know that Joe Flacco is going to do anything differently than than Lamar Jackson. Um, even late in the game, whenever the the Ravens did manage to score, Lamar Jackson was running for his life. Uh, it was, you know, he was making plays with his feet. That's the only way they were able to score. He, you know, runs around 100 yards and flings the ball up, and they end up scoring. Um, you're not going to get that with Joe Flacco. That offensive line, like I said, Melvin Ingram for the Chargers was uh, was dominant. He recorded two sacks. He also forced and picked up a fumble. Uh, the Chargers really had a lot of opportunities to make this a whole lot, a whole lot bigger uh, margin than it really was. Uh, they end up throwing their kicker out there six times. He kicks five field goals. Um, Really just kind of a ho-hum game. Uh, the Chargers uh, will come back to the East Coast, and uh, it sets up a matchup uh, with Tom Brady uh, and the Patriots and Foxborough this weekend. And last but not least, Foles' magic is real. The Eagles will, were left for dead uh, a little over a month ago. Uh, the Eagles go to Chicago and beat the Bears 16-15. to uh, the Eagles' defense holds the Bears to 65 yards on the ground. They made Mitchell Trubisky beat them to the air. Um, Trubisky had a great fourth quarter, made some really, really excellent throws. Allen Robinson had a huge game. Uh, just the run game between Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen could not get it going. Uh, ultimately, Cody Parkey misses a field goal with 10 seconds left. 
Uh, it, it hits the upright, and the Bears are sent home packing. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that people want to pile on Cody Parkey. Uh, I really think Matt Nagy uh, deserves a little bit of uh, heat in this situation. Um, less than two minutes left. The Eagles are um, driving, going in to score a touchdown. Um, the clock is running. Nagy waits to take his timeouts until there's just a little bit over a minute left whenever he could have taken a timeout with about a minute and 40 seconds left. I think as a head coach, you've got to realize that you've got a streaky kicker on the sideline. You've got a second-year quarterback. Um, you need as much time as possible. You want to get as either a touchdown or as close of a field goal as you can. I think those are precious seconds that he wasted. Um, then on their drive, he ends up taking a timeout when they probably should have spiked the ball. Um, again, then you're forced to kick a field goal with 10 seconds left. If you've got that timeout, you're able to run one or two more plays. Um, if you are able to run two or three more plays, you turn that 43-yard field goal into maybe a 30-yard field goal. Um, you know, you, you want every yard for, for Cody Parkey. He's been inconsistent. He, I think he missed 11 field goals this year, most in the NFL. Um, as a head coach, you've got to know that, and you've got to, you've got to call better, especially um, in the last two minutes of a playoff game. Um, I think, you know, maybe the moment was just a little bit too big for him. Uh, first postseason game as a head coach. Um, but ultimately, the Eagles knock off the Bears, and they are headed to New Orleans to take on the Saints in a rematch of a game that happened uh, just a couple weeks ago where the New Orleans Saints absolutely thrashed the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we'll get more into that here in a little bit. So let's run down the divisional games real quick. And then from there, um, I'll give you my picks and a little bit of a breakdown on each game. First game of the weekend is the Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. That game is taking place at 435 Eastern on Saturday. Right now, the Chiefs are five and a half point favorites, and the over-under is sitting at 57 points. Second game, the primetime game on Saturday, the Dallas Cowboys are going to L.A. and playing the Rams at 8.15 Eastern. Right now, the Rams are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 49.5. The Sunday games, the early game, uh, the L.A. Chargers are traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. That game is taking place at 105 Eastern. Patriots, four-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under 48 points. And the afternoon game on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles travel to New Orleans to play the Saints, 440 Eastern. Uh, the Saints are nine-point favorites. Over-under is sitting at 51-and-a-half. All right, so for my picks, first game of the weekend, Colts and Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have not won a home playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback uh, back in the early 90s. I believe it was 93. The, uh, the Chiefs have also not had an MVP caliber quarterback since then. Uh, they do have that in Pat Mahomes. He had a tremendous season this year. Over 50 t uh, touchdowns passing. Uh, just a killer killer second year for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, as much as I love the Chiefs' offense, I don't trust their defense. And their head coach, Andy Reid, uh, has shown time and time again that he cannot win the big game. They choked away a big playoff game last year against the Titans. Um, we all know his history in Philadelphia, uh, getting to uh, championship game after championship game, but not being able to win. Got to the Super Bowl once uh, with Donovan McNabb. Couldn't pull it off against Tom Brady. Uh, I think Andrew Luck and the Colts uh, continue their hot streak. 
Um, I think their offensive line and their running game is going to keep them balanced. Uh, the Chiefs defensive line, uh, or Chiefs defense rather, I think they're going to be guessing all game. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, like I said, the the Chiefs are going to throw the ball deep a lot. Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of plays with his feet. The Chiefs defense is not very good, and the Colts have proven they can score against anybody. Uh, I think the Colts win this one 38-35. The Saturday night game, the Cowboys uh, at L.A. I think the defensive front of the Cowboys is going to do a decent job of keeping Todd Gurley in check. Uh, The thing I'm worried about is uh, the Rams being able to throw over the top on that Cowboys secondary. Like I said, last uh, last weekend, the Seahawks did a pretty good job of throwing the ball deep. Um, I think uh, the Cowboys offense is going to try to do what they do every week, and they're going to try to run the ball keep that high-powered Rams offense on the sideline uh the Rams have the uh the worst ranked rushing defense that sounds crazy uh with that great defensive line they have with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald uh but their linebackers are almost non-existent so if you can get uh, a block and get your running back to the second level uh you're going to have success they've got good corners uh so they'll be able to keep Amari Cooper uh Cole Beasley those guys in check uh, I do see this being a close game. Uh, I think the Rams are just going to be able to get pressure on Dak. I think uh, they're going to force him into some bad decisions. Dak is turnover prone, especially with fumbles. If you hit him, there's a good chance that the ball is going to pop out. I think this one will be close, uh, but I've got the Rams winning 27-24. Uh, the Sunday games, the Chargers and Patriots. Uh, interesting tidbit of the AFC quarterbacks that are left in the playoffs, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, and Andrew Luck. None have beaten Tom Brady ever. They, it's like, they're like a combined zero and 15. It's a, it's a pretty tremendous stat. Um, the Patriots offense is a little bit different this year. Um, Gronkowski looks old and slow. Uh, he's got a lot of miles, uh, on his body. He's been through a lot of surgery, a lot of big hits, um, he just does not look quite the same as he has in past years. They really, they really focus on the run game. Uh, they picked up Sony Michelle in the draft out of Georgia, um, and he's played really, really well. Um, it's supposed to be cold. I think there's even a possibility of snow. I think both teams are going to try to try to run the ball. Uh, you got a Southern California team coming and playing in cold. Uh, doesn't doesn't bode very well for the Chargers. Um, I think both Melvin Gordon and Melvin Ingram for both uh, for the Chargers are both going to have a big impact. Uh, I think that the Chargers will be able to get some pressure on Tom Brady and make him move around, and that's the only way you beat Tom Brady is to get him off his spot, make him move around in the pocket, make him uh, make him uncomfortable. I may be a little crazy picking against Tom Brady at home. I think this is the year they go down. I think Philip Rivers is on a mission. Uh, they've been dynamite all season. I think the Chargers get it done. I think it's a really close game. Chargers 28, Patriots 27. Last game of the weekend, uh, the Saints welcome uh, the Foles Magic-led Eagles into the Superdome uh, in New Orleans. Um, as much as I really wanted the Bears to beat the Eagles, uh, I can't stand the Eagles as much as I wanted the Bears to win. Uh, I ended up being okay with the Eagles winning because that meant that the Eagles had to travel to New Orleans and Dallas got to play in L.A. Uh, the Superdome is uh, super tough to play, maybe maybe the toughest place to play in the NFL. 
Uh, it's nearly a death sentence for for any team. Uh, Drew Brees, you, you, what do you say about that guy? I mean, the guy year after year is just a machine. Uh, it doesn't matter who he has uh, for receivers. He makes them better. Um, in November, the Eagles went to New Orleans and played. Uh, they got shellacked 48-7. to uh, Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback in that game, and he did not play very well. I think he had three turnovers. Um, I think Nick Foles, uh, he distributes the ball better than Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz really looks to Zach Ertz, and that's about it. Zach Ertz broke Jason Witten's uh, record for uh, receptions by a tight end this year. I think he had like 116 receptions in the in the regular season. Uh, Nick Foles tends to th- distribute the ball to this complement of receivers. He's got Golden Tate. He's got Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, uh, a lot of really dangerous guys, um, and he really distributes the ball well. I think he fits really, uh, really nicely in Doug Peterson's system. Uh, I think Drew Brees and uh, and the Saints are just going to be too much. They've got Michael Thomas, uh, the leading uh, receiver in the NFL. One-two punch with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I think it's going to be too much for the Eagles. I've got New Orleans 34, Eagles 24. Oh, and it looks like we have some breaking news into the podcast. It looks like Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has declared a state of emergency after Clemson's beatdown of the Crimson Tide last night. No, all kidding aside, Dabo Swinney and the Clemson Tigers beat the Crimson Tide last night 44-16. to and the College Football National Championship. Trevor Lawrence uh, wins Offensive Player of the Game. He had 347 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, The fact that this guy is a true freshman quarterback is pretty incredible. Um, Just played extremely poised. Uh, The moment was definitely not too big for him. Uh, Justin Ross and uh, T. Higgins made some uh, outstanding catches. Uh, It's interesting because... Tua is by far uh, the most talented, most just raw, gifted quarterback uh, that Nick Saban's ever had, uh, but he's also by far the riskiest. Um, I think he sometimes trusts his arm just a little too much. Uh, last night, making uh, two poor throws that uh, led to you know 14 points uh, for Clemson. Uh, I think we saw Nick Saban panic a little bit last night. It was. Uh, Kind of uh, kind of odd to see that fake field goal. Uh, I'm really not sure what the uh, what the cause for that was. Uh, I think if you're uh, if you look at that, Clemson is in their base defense. Uh, you got to look at that and call a timeout, regroup. Um, there's no way you can run that play. Um, again, I think we're all still puzzled by uh, Nick Saban not being able to recruit a kicker for some reason. Uh, that seems to bite him uh, in these big games. Uh, and it definitely uh, played a factor last night. Some of Mike uh, Loxley's play calls last night were a little bit questionable. Uh, Alabama stopped three times on fourth down in Clemson territory. Uh, you got to wonder if having one foot out the door, uh, as he's going to be the next head coach at Maryland, uh, played a factor in that. I think Clemson's defensive linemen coming back uh, with a purpose really had a lot to do with the win. Played with a lot of heart. They were absolutely relentless last night. They looked like uh, they looked like an Alabama defensive line. Uh, they didn't give Tua any time to to make decisions to throw the football, uh, and on the contrary, Alabama really didn't get much pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he had all night to throw. When they did get pressure, he was able to step up in the pocket and make some great throws. Uh, it was really like pitch and catch for him all night. You really can't say enough about Dabo Swinney and the program that he's built at Clemson. 
just a phenomenal recruiter, a great developer of talent, great game plan uh, last night. I mean, just from start to finish, uh, just really, really put it to Alabama. Um, it was really, really impressive. I never really want anybody to embarrass the SEC. Uh, but if I did have to pick somebody, I guess it would have to be Dabo and Clemson. Uh, he's just a great all-around guy, uh, super likable. You can't help but uh, but kind of pull for him. I also hope uh, that this fatigue between Alabama and Clemson goes away because these are obviously uh, the two far and away best programs in college football right now. And if I'm betting, uh, I would put, put money again on Alabama and Clemson in the national championship again. They're right at the top of the recruiting, uh, recruiting classes. These are both really, really young teams. Alabama's secondary is going to get much better uh, with another year in Nick Saban's uh, program. Again, Trevor Lawrence, true freshman. Justin Ross, true freshman. Clemson will have to do some some retooling on their defensive line with uh, with all those guys leaving. Uh, but again, right at the top of the recruiting rankings, those uh, those guys will will just reload. Some other miscellaneous notes from around uh, college athletics. Over the weekend, uh, former Troy head coach Neil Brown uh, was hired at the same position at West Virginia to uh, replace Dana Holgerson, who left for Houston. Uh, Brown was 35-16 and 16 at Troy. Uh, if you remember, he had a, a couple marquee wins uh, in 2017 going to LSU and winning, uh, in 2018 going to Nebraska and winning. I think this guy's got a lot of potential. I think he can be really dangerous in the Big 12. Uh, I'm interested to see how uh, how he does uh, at, a, at a Power 5 school. Alabama beat Kentucky in basketball this weekend uh, for the first time since 2013. Uh, big win for Avery Johnson and the Crimson Tide there. Uh, University of Florida had a great weekend recruiting. Um, they got a four-star commitment from R.J. Henderson, a wide receiver, and Chris Steele, a four-star cornerback out of California. Uh, they both commit. A um, lot of juniors come back. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, Jamari Zaniga, Van Jefferson, Adam Schuler, uh, Tyree Cleveland, David Reese, um, all announced over the weekend that they're going to come back. Uh, that coupled with uh, some guys from Georgia, obviously uh, Justin Fields transferring out. I think a lot of us uh, saw that with uh, Jake Fromm having another great season. Isaac Nauta, uh, Miko Hardman, Elijah Holyfield, uh, Riley Ridley, all those guys um, foregoing their senior season at Georgia. Um, again, they've had awesome recruiting, so they will reload, but they'll have a lot of youth on the offensive side of the football. Uh, they lose something like 4,500 uh, total yards of offense uh, between those guys. So it'll be interesting to see um, see the future of these two schools. And lastly, some updates on the NFL coaching carousel. Cliff Kingsbury set to become the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, a little bit of an odd scenario there. Uh, he's fired from his alma mater, Texas Tech, after six seasons. Uh, Clay Helton hires him to become the uh, offensive coordinator at USC. Just a few short weeks later, he's interviewing for NFL jobs, and as it's been reported, looks like he's uh, set to become the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um Kind of an interesting scenario. Uh, he's fired from college, and there's no uh, no lag time between an NFL job, which has got to be he's got to be one of the very first people to be able to do that. Uh, a similar situation. Um, Mark Richt retires from Miami. Uh, again, kind of an interesting scenario there. Manny Diaz, who was previously the defensive coordinator, uh, took a head coaching job with Temple. He's hired back at Miami. Um, it really kind of raises uh, kind of questions between uh, these coaches and student athletes. 
these coaches are kind of allowed to to bebop and, and jump around from school to school with really uh, really no penalty. Um, but yet uh, these kids sign uh, letters of intent and tell people, give them their word that they're going to come play for for a certain coach or a certain school. Um, and then whenever the coaches bail, they're they're stuck wherever they signed. Um, so I think this uh, may lead to some interesting conversations had uh, between the, uh, the NCAA and some of these schools. Uh, I don't really think it's fair for uh, you know these kids who are being recruited by USC thinking that they're going to go play for King, Cliff Kingsbury, um, and then after two weeks he just up and leaves. Uh, Matt Lafleur uh, has been hired by the Green Bay Packers uh, to become their next head coach. Uh, his most recent stops include uh, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans in 2018. Offensive coordinator for the LA Rams in 2017, and then uh, served as uh, Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan's quarterbacks coach uh, for the Atlanta Falcons in uh, 15 and 16. Bruce Arians uh, looks like he's the front runner for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers job. Uh, he's had good success with quarterbacks in the past. Um, he was uh, involved with Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts, and then uh, more recently. Uh, Carson Palmer and the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It'll be interesting to see if uh, if he and uh, Jameis Winston can kind of gel. Uh, Jameis has had a lot of turnover issues uh, in his first couple years uh, in the NFL. The Buccaneers did announce that they uh, were picking up Jameis's uh, $20, $20 million fifth-year uh, option on his rookie contract. Uh, so Jameis will be a Buccaneer for at least one more year. Um, I'm not sure what they plan to do with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, but it looks like Jameis is the man moving forward, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if Bruce Arians can uh, can get it going with Jameis. I think that about wraps it up for this week. I think I'm about to go on a run. I think I finally healed up from my 50K last week, uh, so ready to get back out there again. I want to thank you guys for all the positive feedback I received on the first episode. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect after uh, publishing it last week, um, so I'm glad to hear uh, that you guys enjoyed it. If you have any further feedback or anything you'd like for me to cover, uh, please uh, shoot me an email at gratefulgatorpod at gmail.com. Uh, tweet me at gator underscore pod or message me on Facebook, on my Facebook page, uh, Grateful Gator Podcast. Uh, please follow the podcast on Spotify. Uh, and if you've enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. Uh, the next podcast will drop uh, next Tuesday, January 15th, and we'll discuss the four games going on this weekend in the NFL. We'll talk about the upcoming AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, we'll also discuss some NBA and college hoops. And uh, again, I really appreciate you guys listening. Have a great week, and until next time, stay grateful.